Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. So I have two lists to read, not as heavy and not as complex. Um, and then they will be further explored um, by Ram and John tomorrow. So part of what I'm gonna do is a bit of a recap. We're not the same people we were last night, so we may hear things differently today. Um, but I think it's uh, very anchoring to understand um, you know, what we're doing here today. So uh, introducing the seven factors of awakening and the eightfold path, which are necessary for integrating the Buddha's refined mindfulness based on a foundation of the Buddha's Dhamma teachings, supported by the concentration developed during jhana meditation. The Anapanasati Sutta is a discourse from the Buddha on the proper use of mindfulness during jhana meditation. So you'll hear the word mindfulness spoken almost 20 times during this, um, during this talk. Um, but mindfulness of what? It's mindfulness of the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path, which includes jhana meditation and concentration and understanding of the three marks, which are necessary for awakening. And that's a big sentence, right? It speaks to what we do on our cushion and the use of our practice um, in our lives when we're off the cushion. The purpose of meditation is to deepen concentration, to provide the foundation necessary to develop skillful insight of the three marks of existence and end individual confusion, deluded thinking, and ongoing stress and suffering, dukkha. And I think that's probably what brought most of us to the practice. The Four Noble Truths are the Buddhist teachings and the referential context for developing understanding and cessation of dukkha, and the two common conditions that give rise to dukkha, anicca, impermanence, anatta, the not-self characteristic. Anicca, anatta, and dukkha are the three marks of existence. This sutta and other suttas stress the importance of increasing concentration by calming the mind, and we've had that in every session so far, through mindfulness of the breath, to support insight into the three marks of existence and full comprehension of the Four Noble Truths. As we have been learning, the sutta is taught to emphasize mindfulness of the breath as a stabilizing focus in order to deepen concentration. It is a well-concentrated mind that is necessary to recognize and abandon craving after and clinging to wrong views of self. And these are John's words, by the way. Overemphasizing through self-obsessed and distracting gross analysis of the common and impermanent experiences that rise during meditation is a subtle form of conceit. 
by my words, by acknowledging what is conceit, I think it's easier to hold ourselves to account, to let go of that which will not serve us. Overemphasizing common impermanent phenomena personalizes impermanent and impersonal phenomena. In this sense, personalization is clinging and only serves to maintain distraction. Conceit is continued eye-making rooted in ignorance of four noble truths. Continued ignorance of four noble truths only continues the ongoing distraction of dukkha and brings no insight into the three marks of existence or the four noble truths. So sometimes you can hear when someone is struggling with the practice that they're not keeping you know, the four noble truths in mind and looking only to seek what they can learn out of attending class. And it really takes all of these things to be held in mind um, in order to um, experience uh, the three marks. When seen in the overall context of the Buddha's Dhamma, the specific context of this sutta, it is clear that the Buddha is describing these experiences solely to point out to be mindful of the impermanence of a rising phenomenon, remain free of distraction, and return mindfulness to the breath. Seeking to generate experiences described here or exaggerating their importance through gross analysis is a subtle but very common form of continuing ignorance through continued eye making. And we can only hold ourselves accountable to that. That's not something someone else can help us with. The Buddha describes the process of remaining free of distraction by always abandoning the distraction of whatever is arising and returning, returning mindfulness to the breath. In the context of gaining insight into the three marks of existence, it is the experiences that arise during meditation that are to be mindful of, but not distracted by what is arising and passing away. This application of mindfulness is not for distraction by overanalysis. This proper use of mindfulness is to bring insight into the impermanent nature of all phenomenon. Using mindfulness in this manner, manner is to deepen concentration by avoiding ignorance of what is arising without overemphasizing what is arising. It is the attempt to identify with impermanent phenomenon that confusion, deluded thinking, and ongoing disappointing and unsatisfactory experiences arise. This includes unsatisfactory and confusing meditation and mindfulness practices. The proper act of mindfulness directly interrupts the continuing ignorance by attempting to further establish wrong views of self in every thought, word, and idea that occurs. It is through recognizing and abandoning distracting but otherwise impermanent and ordinary occurrences during jhana meditation that the proper application of breath mindfulness is established. This is how the proper establishment of breath mindfulness interrupts the ongoing distraction of self-referential 
conditioned thinking and how profound concentration develops. This is the proper use of jhana as taught by an awakened human being. The Buddha's emphasis and enthusiasm and the theme of this sutta is to emphasize the importance of developing the heartwood, which is the Eightfold Path, not on continuing distraction by exaggerating and personalizing ordinary impermanent phenomenon or teaching others to exaggerate or personalize ordinary and permanent phenomenon. Again, a, something that can only be done by ourselves by looking inward. Developing understanding in this manner develops awakened right view, a penetrating and profound understanding of anicca, anatta, and dukkha, and a mind no longer grasping at objects, events, views, and ideas, a mind resting in equanimity. And equanimity is what we are all seeking and what we are here for today. So the seven factors of awakening, um, I'm just going to list them. We'll delve into them more tomorrow. Mindfulness, refined and informed by the four noble truths. It's a word that's thrown around a lot right now, but without understanding that it's a refined type of mindfulness that we practice, and it's informed by the Four Noble Truths, um, it's, it's not what, you know, if it doesn't have those things, it's not what we're teaching and learning here. Penetrating investigation of the Dhamma, enthusiasm, rapture, which is the joyful engagement with the Dhamma, which we experience here with the Sangha, calm, concentration, equanimity. Those are the seven factors of awakening. The Noble Eightfold Path, again, I'm going to just list it here. We'll go into it more tomorrow. Right view, which is right understanding. Right intention is right resolve. The intention to awaken. Right speech, right action, right livelihood right effort, right mindfulness, ongoing mindfulness of the Eightfold Path as taught in the Satipatthana Sutta requires a well-concentrated quality of mind. That's that equanimity. And finally, eight, right meditation. Jhana meditation develops profound concentration. I often think of uh, Jen's artwork uh, that's on our website and it, it almost looks like you know a headless snake you know winding and winding because we were at a retreat and we were trying to figure things out sort of linearly, linearly and you know there through science there's a thousand different uh, models that you might use but none of them apply because everything folds in on itself um, and and it's the repetition that the Buddha used to teach. Um, the seven factors of awakening arise from concentration, formed from jhana meditation, and right effort, and refined mindfulness of the Four Noble Truths. The Eightfold Path is the path the Buddha taught to overcome ignorance of the Four Noble Truths. 
Jhana is the meditation method he taught. These are the Buddha's instructions. I almost felt like, and these are their stories. <laughs> Law and order. Um, so short and clear, and I think very direct. Um, so we'll start. We'll start online. Lucius, how are you feeling? Doing well. Good. Yeah. Um... I, I like that you uh, really focused on the, uh, I like how you said mindfulness, mindfulness of what, you know, and, and bringing that, um, those factors that can really support our overall practice. Um, and um, yeah, just, uh, I'm a, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm still, uh, it's also really profound to me. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's both pretty simple, simplistic, and kind of like, uh, I think Jeff was saying earlier, it's kind of one of those things that seems like it's kind of the root or, uh, kind of unspoken, background of uh structure of so many things um so it's it's almost intuitive and 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 simplistic in one regard but um very it's also very profound and um really really hits to the core of existence you know and um and so yeah, I'm just kind of trying to take it all in and um, just trying to assimilate it as best I can. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say, but I appreciate the teaching. Thank you. No, you said a lot. And I think a lot of this are things we know or pieces of things we know, but we have so much distraction and muck maybe <laughs> that might be clouding uh, ourselves on any given day. So uh, thus we repeat. So thank you. Uh, Harry, could, I, could I get in here yes. just for a moment? There, there's just a could I stop you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're it's, your, it's your class. There's just a couple of, a couple of paragraphs that I want to read um, that close out this, this section, I think. In this community of monks, there are monks who remain devoted to mindfulness of in and out breathing, meaning devoted to jhana meditation. And the Buddha's, um, again, emphasizing and using accomplished monks as examples of how to do this. He continues, mindfulness of the in-breath and the out-breath, when properly developed, is of great benefit. Mindfulness of the in-breath and the out-breath, when properly developed, supports the concentration necessary that brings the four foundations of mindfulness to their culmination. Friends, this is the direct path, meaning the eightfold path, for the purification of all beings, for the cessation of sorrow and regret, for the disappearance of pain and distress, and for establishing the right method of practice and for the complete unbinding, 
In other words, the four foundations of mindfulness. Notice the emphasis on the importance of that. The four foundations of mindfulness, when appropriately, appropriately developed, bring the seven factors of awakening to their culmination. So what that's saying is the seven factors for awakening that we're going to get into a little bit more deeper are not something to be grasped after. That They are achieved when the four foundations of mindfulness are properly established. And then he continues, the seven factors for awakening, when appropriately, appropriately developed, brings clear knowing, meaning right understanding or right view, and release from clinging to all wrong views to their culmination. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, John. And we'll talk about the breathing for this evening, right? Um, Brian's going to talk about that part. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kevin? Hi, Mary. Thanks Hi, uh, very much for articulating the seven factors. Um, you know, I, I was kind of looking at it. And it. It's just an interesting thing to notice, you know, I mean, uh, calm, concentration and mindfulness to me sort of are, you know, sort of what we're doing inside you know, in, in internally, and then, you know, the external parts are the investigation of the Dhamma, enthusiasm and rapture. Um, it's just interesting that I noticed that. So I, I think your teaching kind of brought that out. So, um, you know, maybe have to do a little bit more outside and in, in, in my own personal case, but um, really cool. Thank you very much for, for laying this out so well and uh, organized and to compliment you like you did the other teachers, your delivery is uh, very uh, methodical and, and in a good way and, and very calm and, and not forced and not rushed. So you allow us all to sort of, you know, see this. Thank you very much for that, to have some clarity. Thank you, Thank you Kevin. Jeff and Deb. Thank you, Mary. I, I think that might have been the first teaching I heard you deliver. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. I, 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 uh, I've always enjoyed your calm um, mm -hmm. presence. Oh, thank you. And uh, it, uh, it, 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 it suits all the material so well. Um, in, in all this, in all seven factors and the delineation of the the eightfold path for me is is a uh, kind of the conscious mental uh, structure that um, steers me personally towards jhana meditation, which for me is the the experiential part of all the intellectual structure. So for me, the, 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 the eightfold path and the, and the seven factors of an awakening are for the benefit of my, my, my intellectual conscious mind. And the jhana meditation for me is the, which I, I think underlies and supports all that is the kind of the portal or the gateway 
for the experiential understanding or insight into all that. Um, so they're kind of hand in hand and one could get lost, I think, maybe in the mental intellectual exercise of each of those points. Um, for me, at least, that the, the intellectual part disappears in the jhana meditation where when, when, I'm, when I'm, I'm meditating and when I'm done and I come back to more of a intellectual state of mind, uh, I, I, it all makes more sense then. Without the jhana, the, the rest of it's an interesting exercise, but not something that has personal impact, I think. Um, I don't know if that's other people's experience or not, but uh, that's how I process those things. I process them through the actual experience of. Right. Well, and that's how we experience. That's how we know we're practicing the Dhamma when we're experiencing it off the, even off the cushion, right? So you describe the reading part and the sangha part and the cushion part, and then there's the part off the cushion. And that's where all this breathing comes in to help interrupt maybe what we're experiencing out there. Um, and that's where all this, where the breathing and the mindfulness of your breath uh, comes in and again, reverses you out of the intellectual part. It interrupts mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, good. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you. Deb, or do you go by Deborah or Deb? Um, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deborah and Deb. So, okay. <laughs> um, thank you for the teaching and noble silence, please. Okay. Thank you for being here. All right, let's go around the room. We can start with, um, we'll start with Brian in the back there. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, everybody. We're still on. Thank you for the teaching, man. I think when I first started out, I saw this list. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm just going to go do this list <laughs> and I'm going to awaken. Right? And no, that's not how that works. Um, and what I, what I realized is that as I developed concentration, these factors just started arising. And within Jhana, to your point, Jeff, I knew that I was calm. I knew that I was concentrated. I knew that I was joyfully engaged. I knew that I persisted through the hindrances, mm -hmm. right? And it's like in my head, as you were going through this, Mary, I was thinking you can become further ignorant or you can become awakened. So you can become ignorant or you can become these seven factors. It's not something that you intellectually decide to do. You have to, to Jeff's point, experience on your cushion and take it off your cushion. So thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Becky. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you, Mary. I enjoyed listening to your calm voice and it was very clear and direct and gave room for thought as you were going along. And just the one thing that jumped out to me probably because where, where I am right now, because we know, all know the Dhamma meets just where we are. 
uh, was penetrating engagement with the Dhamma. And what, um, what Jeff just said and what Brian just said is really is really that you you have to have the whole ball of wax. You have to met you have to do your meditations, you have to have your experience of your meditation on your cushion. And then you have to have some intellectual understanding of what that is and as you go along, all of those things um, increase and become more yours, mm -hmm. more a part of you. And then, of course, the Sangha is what refines all of that. When you're doing it in your daily life and you're on your cushion, you're bringing it to a certain point, but then you come to Sangha and you hear others and it refines it all, it brings it all together. So thank you, Mary. Thank you, Becky. Laura. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> we have, thanks so much for presenting these in such a, a straightforward and direct and calm way because it just reminds us again, it's you know it's important to read and study, but like Brian was saying, which made so much sense to me, is that they just kind of manifest through meditation. I mean, David was saying in a previous class, the mindfulness and the um, time we spend in meditation is like this woodshedding almost. It's like you're refining, your, your mindfulness becomes more refined through you know, the more you meditate. So that's what I'm finding too, as I you know, meditate more Good. on a daily basis. So. Good. And be gentle on yourself when you don't get two in a day. Right. <laughs> Jane. Thank you, Mary, for the teaching. I cannot think of words that are any better than these three people just said. <laughs> I mean, I would be repeating them. I think they summed up the way I feel. Okay. It's a gradual, you know, you put the effort in and you get the benefits. So. Thank you, Jane. Any wrong? Going for panoramic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the Titanic. David's getting nauseous. Sorry, everybody. Yes. Those seven factors of awakening are are um, are interesting to. <clears throat> think about um, to reflect on how it's but I reflect on how it's worked in my practice um, I don't quite went in that order but um, I always like to dwell on, on the investigation of the Dharma you know it, that worked with my little 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 brain very well. Um, and yet I have to be careful not to get too intellectual about it. Because uh, you really have to keep bouncing it off. Okay, what is this does for what does this do for for my practice? You know, what's the what's happening in my in my practice day to day? 
you know, who, and how is this investigation really helping me? Am I just, you know, chasing a nice intellectual idea here, or am I really getting an insight into how to practice it affects my daily life? Um, and, and it's it just uh, to, to read through just to read through the text is is really enlightening too because it's 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 said really well how these factors and he, he steps on to to pretty small detail how yeah. you know mindfulness you know develops and then affects the other things um, so yeah um, spend some time with with the uh, with the seven factors uh, in 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 detail, uh, and then reflect on how it how it goes in mm -hmm. your, in your own practice. Well, and going out in the world and experiencing it in the world. Yes, right. Um, first, you notice, you know, I am calm, mm -hmm. and I once upon a time would not have been calm in this situation, right. or I am not talking, I am breathing. I'm focused on breathing where I would have been talking. Right. And I'm mindful yeah. enough of all the other factors of the Eightfold Path right. to be here and calm. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for the teaching, Mary. Um, I think I was sort of brought back to um, the Eightfold Path and how all of that circles around releasing eye-making. And so you have the opportunity to release it and also see eye-making happening. Um, and that came through because of how you started out talking about the three marks of existence. So that's that's what I got. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Mary. Hi. I'm in a unique position because I get to be with Mary every day. So this is a yeah most this, <laughs> this is a daily conversation how do we lose he was on earlier yeah he dropped off and now we'll admit again there we go thank you so we this is a daily conversation this is the daily investigation of the dhamma and uh immediate feedback because um, so you know, unique mentor situation that I have with you and you know I saw you build this and totally within the framework so just be careful. Oh, thank you. I don't think I mentioned you <laughs> I mean we May, may I interrupt? Yes. Uh, Adam's having trouble staying signed on, and he has something he'd like to uh, contribute. Okay. Sure, Adam. We'd love to hear from you. 
Hi, Miss Mayor. Hi, Adam. How you doing? Good. How are you? I couldn't wait for you to teach a class. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, I could. Um, I've been having trouble with personalization and um, kind of eye making, and um, it's been trouble for me, and I've been making wrong decisions. But um, I got a new job, and I'm doing the right thing, and I appreciate you teaching the class. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you could be here. And we're all having trouble with personalization. <laughs> That's why we're here. Right. And me and Jeff been meditating in the morning and uh, before I go to work and at nighttime. So it's been pretty good. 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 Practice. I, I recently heard a phrase, practice is progress. So keep practice it up. Perfect, right? <laughs> well, no perfect. <laughs> we're not tuned for perfect, but progress. Or prog progress makes permanent. <laughs> I thought it was impermanent. <laughs> it is. I'm so glad you're here, Adam. Thank you, Miss Mayor. Thank you. So many people call me Miss Mary. It's funny. So, Matt. Thank you for the teaching, Mary. Um, To introduce the seven factors to us and in, in and the eightfold path, and in the context of the eightfold path, I found really helpful. It's you know something that Jen said really resonated with me about as you were teaching this, the eightfold path is what I kept hearing and coming back to because you know. Again, if we zoom out, this is the Buddha sort of checking out the Sangha and seeing what's working and seeing what's not working and seeing how these things are, are landing and, and watching senior monks teach and, and novice monks engage. And, um, you know, we're... we're looking at the practice mm -hmm. of the Dhamma. And to, to, to keep coming back to that, that jhana meditation and understanding Four Noble Truths and developing the Eightfold Path is the practice. Mm -hmm. And all of the lists and all of these other different things are to be gently held in mind as we practice understanding Four Noble Truths, developing the Eightfold Path, and doing jhana. So I, I just like how you drew that out, and um, I like what I'm hearing from all of the song here. So. Yeah, really good conversation. I mean, unlike other retreats, I think, um, that we've done, I mean, this is, these are the Buddha's instructions. Yeah. And so it, it may feel less contemplative as my, and, and it may feel more like, ooh, you know, maybe there's a little bit more of, oh, I know that, or that's familiar, or I'm putting this together. 
Um, but these are his instructions and no other instructions. Um, John, did you have any final words you'd like to say? Yeah, I guess just to reiterate that this sutta is, is about exampling Dhamma practice, how it's done. So the, the, uh, the directness of this is the Buddha saying, if you practice just like this, this is what will develop. And he doesn't leave us here. This is obviously he taught hundreds and hundreds of suttas. But this is the one where he says, look at what happens if you just practice. And he's holding out, you know, the, the Buddha never um, exalted himself in any way. He always presented himself just as a human being. <coughs> and so the monks that he's holding out as an example are just other human beings who practice the Dhamma. And in using his words, that they practice the Dhamma in accordance with the Dhamma, meaning as it was taught, not that it manipulated in any way, they didn't add rites or rituals like Matt mentioned earlier this morning. They just came to practice. They started with jhana and they continued. They developed the Eightfold Path as the limiting path, meaning that it limits eye-making. So whenever we're holding in mind the framework of the Eightfold Path, we're good to go. We're, we're limiting our own eye-making. And we know that we'll develop the jhana in accordance with what we'll develop the Dhamma in accordance with the Dhamma. And if the Buddha can do it, we can do it. Meaning if a human, if any human being can do it, we can do it. It doesn't take any extraordinary powers or, or anything. It just takes continued gentle practice. So that's all I'll say. Um, the world good on where we're going for dinner and what time, et cetera, et cetera. 4.30 Bamboo House. Is that right? Sounds good to me. Didn't you say 4.30? Class tonight, 6. Yeah. So, so maybe 4.30. John, yeah. when do you want me to pick you up? Uh, maybe just a little before 4 then. Gotcha. We won't be able to make it. Sorry. <laughs> You'll be shoveling snow. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope... Should I meet? I hope we'll all be having meals together at Juan Dharma Center in a few months, So, All righty. What's the next meeting? Six o'clock. Oh, six o'clock. Yep. Eastern and, Standard. Okay. Brian, Brian will be teaching. What is the That's, name? Brian will be talking. Talking. <laughs> Brian will be talking, just like Mary <laughs> was talking. <laughs> 5 p.m. our time it is. And so Brian will be teaching about mindfulness of the breath. All right. Before Thank we go. You. Oh, yes. Can I ask one question? I'm sorry. I'm very late. Equanimity. Can I get a definition, please? Oh, you know, I had it the last time. Do Equanimity I... simply means a, a balanced, calm state of mind. Living example of the fourth foundation of mind. I was going to say calm, but and sometimes I just I reference it like like this at the end of a meditation is we learn to be at peace with a less than peaceful mind state. So it doesn't mean that we're that we're um, robotic drones moving through the world. We simply cease reacting to the world. Our minds stay balanced and calm. So it's a, it's a euphemism for calm, too, as well. Thank you, Good John. Good question, though, important. Thank you.
All righty. Y'all later. All right. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you at six. Miss Mary, thank you. Thanks, thank Mary. you, Adam. For you to teach a class. All right. All right. Thanks. Take care. You'll be good. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.